Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. We are glad to be back with you after a month and a half, maybe two months, three months. I don't know. It's been the sun. We took the summer off <laughs> so long that we don't even remember how to do we this. We took the summer <laughs> off. So we're in cool, cool mornings, flannel shirts, mm-hmm. steamy coffee on the back porch. Thought it'd be time to get back together. So mm-hmm. uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us today. We're still continuing through the New Testament. And today we're actually in the book of Thessalonians. So good to have Josh Arnigdelli and a very silent Hayden in the house today who just smiles with his eyes. What is he says <laughs> yeah. Even given the mic, he doesn't yeah, say anything. Yeah. So Hayden uh, talking. It was the first good to be good to be with you guys. Again, we're we're opening up with uh, today our reading for Wednesday would be First Thessalonians one. So one of the things I want to do, it's only ten verses. So I thought I'd just open it up. Uh, read here, Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Timotheus, potentially the version you might have. To the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell us how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Mm -hmm. Ten verses. Plenty, right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of things are capturing you as you're reading through this this message to the Thessalonians? They they were givers. They were men and women of faith. Mm -hmm. What part Uh, of your story resonates? So, when I was reading this, kind of leading up to when we were recording, um, I was thinking about at first verse four. Verse three and four really stick out to me, but verse four it was really kind of grasped me. It was the first initial initial thing that I thought of was that the, that the gospel came to them not only simply with words, but with power. And so I, I was thinking about that, just how um, I was I was kind of reading a little bit about the background of this is a the biggest city in in this area in this region. And even they got ran out. There was like thugs, right? That they like rioted and ran them out of there. But the fact that there were these men and women of uh, Jews and non and Greeks, and and that they still received the gospel with this power that then just 
it just was so much power that it ripples out into the all the area mm. is what I think about. Yeah, I just was thinking about that. Like, man, it just exploded from that area. I don't know. And, and it even, I think in Acts, when they were talking, in Acts, they're talking about Thessalonica and they go to, the, I forget, Berea is maybe the next place that they went to or something like that. And it was saying that, uh, well, these guys were of noble character, non like the Thessalonians. Right? Mm. <laughs> and so I just think about that, how right. they Berea's, don't you don't need yeah. to be of noble character to receive this holy spirit power like yeah. like they did yeah. i don't know so that was just something i was well that's a great tie-in man yeah yeah it to was the book of acts as well right mm-hmm. yeah I, th- I forget it was like acts 17 i think was right around there because i was reading the background a little bit of of this but yeah it was it was really hitting me that okay maybe these were kind of rough rough characters maybe in this well, big says their city. faith as you say <laughs> splashed out their faith was known everywhere yeah he said we could tell people about you but your faith, and one model was in verse seven. You became a model mm-hmm. to all the believers, right? Modeling and the experience of word and power and deep conviction mm-hmm. that can't be lost on. Oh us. yeah, okay. yeah. I don't feel like I've ever read that really a whole lot in in, in the scriptures, like deep conviction. I don't know if I've even seen that <laughs> in there. I don't know if you guys know where it is, but. I'm like, man, when the Holy Spirit moves like that and then you have and then also this deep conviction that turns you from these idols, right? It says that uh verse nine, right? The report of what kind of reception you gave us, and they tell how you turn from turn to God from idols to serve the the living and true God. I don't know if that's stirring in, inside of us, right? Yeah. Stirring inside of them. It's funny that you would start at verse four. Because verse 4 is kind of where my mind wandered to. And and then leading into verse 5. And just, it seems like there's something there. I hope I'm not making there be something there that's not, but it feels like there is. Tying verse 5 to the end of verse 8. That it wasn't simply words. It was with power. And then power is is defined by what you said. Your conviction, not your words, but your the deep conviction. But then in verse 8, um, he says clearly, we don't need to say anything then. Yeah. And this, it, that resonates with me, that power in and of itself will speak in and of itself. It doesn't take bragging. It doesn't take boasting on oneself. That a power and a conviction that's in you Everybody, it's amazing that everybody had the palate to be able to witness that and call it what it was. And in a time where a lot of what happens is self-identification of our own strengths, so much of that goes on, everything is a a pushing and a production of the self. I think that's the time that we live live in, in a time where we need to hear that word, uh, that true power is in deep conviction. It doesn't boast of itself. There's not words that have to bring it to light. People see it, and they witness it, and they speak about it. They noise it abroad. I don't know. It just feels like in the in the day of the selfie, that might be, that might be relevant, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think verse 6 really ties into that. Is yeah. You know, it says, You became imitators of us and the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit, you know, they're, 
we're not promised this perfect life. Yeah. We're not promised this self-focused uh, life. We're, we're promised a cup of joy and a cup of suffering. Yes. You know, so yeah. um, I, I think six really stood out as I, li- I listened to it in several versions today um, uh, as I was working. And I think, you know, that's something I, I feel I, I resonate with is that, you know, in those moments when life is just hard, there are just things going on. I'm stressed. Um, my focus may be off. Maybe my priorities are wrong. Maybe I'm I'm striving for things I shouldn't be. Um, where's my joy? And who am I looking to? And it says the it says that these folks they became imitators of not only Paul, Silas, and Timothy, but of the Lord. And that that for me was the the moment of mm. that's really what I'm looking for is how do I imitate Jesus today while I'm working in the dirt or while I'm signing something or well, whatever I'm doing, yeah. Yeah. how can I imitate Christ? I need to be that. And that multiplies mm-hmm. because as you imitate Christ and I watch you through what you prioritize and through your humility, it's obviously infectious. And to me, that's more of the gospel than anything is how our efforts and what we're doing Someone sees that and they see the good that's in you, they glorify the Father for it and they emulate it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being watched, that's big to me. I saw one of the kids, you, um, you said something preaching Sunday, Deli, mm-hmm. and I can't quite remember what it was. And I don't know if you heard it, but one of the kids just repeated what you said. Like verbatim. Okay. <laughs> just paying attention. So we had all the kids. Yeah, yeah. Sunday. And they just, I'm like, well, okay. They just literally repeated that sentence. It may have been the way that you said it, mm. and they heard that, and that resonated with them. That's how we should all be. Mm. We see good behavior. We see those things, and we want to emulate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tag on to that because when you, when you said that, like, imitators of Paul, Paul and Silas and Timothy, right? but then also the Lord. And I think that draws into that motivation of what like is the Lord that is, that is doing that. And, I, and if you go back to verse three, it was this awesome little like kind of tie of these three things where it like, what, what is the great, like faith, faith, faith hope and love, faith, faith hope and love. Yeah, right? It's identified yeah. those three. Right yeah. There. And it's, so it's saying your, your work produced by faith. Right. And again, all of this is by faith. And then at the end of that, it says in our Lord Jesus, and then, your labor prompted by love in our Lord Jesus and your endurance inspired by hope in our, in our Lord Jesus. Yeah. So I was just thinking about the, the motivation, the drive right. behind all those things is, is Jesus, but how it is then produced, right? It is right. now being imitated and coming out. And that's what was impacting. I don't know. That's, I just thought that was just, it was great. So looking through here, I see and did not see it even when I read it a moment ago. Verses 4, 5, and 6 speak of God, the Lord, and the Holy Spirit. So, you know, brothers, loved by God, right? right? And two verses later, he talks about the Lord, which if it was God in the sense of Father, he would be, he would just said it again. Right. So we're loved by God, yet we imitate and follow both leaders in the church, mm-hmm. and Jesus, um, both, they were following Paul. Mm-hmm. The things that we listed before, uh, the gospel 
it, it said not simply with words, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean no words, right? right? So it came with words. Mm-hmm. It also came with power, comma, with the Holy Spirit, comma, and with deep conviction, those four different things. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the people. That's how the gospel was delivered. Right. Paul brought that message to them mm-hmm. with Holy yeah. Spirit, power, conviction, yeah. and words, the whole package of all of that, not just one. And I think that's provoking and encouraging and challenging to be able to think what's happening in our presentation of the gospel, whether it is in uh, a yard or uh, a business or a church building, right? Having all of those things there present to be able to see all that, right? And then it's imitated by these folks looking at both, acknowledging that, yes, you see it lived out in people, but also uh, also the Lord as well. And seeing all of that together and recognizing it's kind of like something to shoot for. You know, you recognize that, like, <laughs> okay. Uh, sometimes we think about presenting the gospel with words, and some of us struggle with that. Some of us are better than others, maybe. Power of the Holy Spirit or just power. Right, I found that interesting. It was like a, like a comma there. Holy Spirit with us. Holy Spirit bringing truth, comfort, boldness. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, clearly Acts 1 says you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come mm-hmm. on you. But there's also courage. And there's uh, truth and comfort and all those things. And then to be an imitator, almost like because you're going to need it. And you welcome this message with joy, but the message was given by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So thinking of the timing of the message, being able to share that with them. You reference, uh, which I thought was awesome, how it is listed in verses. Is it verse three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The connection between work and labor and endurance, mm-hmm. where that comes from. What 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 prompts our work? I can only speak for myself on that. And in looking at the scripture last night and recently in the Freedom Course, I was talking about service. We just got on the the uh, conversation about service. And whereas in my life, prompting my work before the Lord may have been a conviction that was born of condemnation, maybe. Maybe I just wanted to check boxes. Uh, Where that shifted in my life is I serve to be in God's presence because there are times in my humanity and who I am, I don't always feel as close to God out of the presence and context of service as I want to be. So an example of that would be I'm a singer, I'm a musician, if you didn't know that. And I'm on stage and I'm singing. And just ultimately the the feeling, the feed of not only just the Holy Spirit, but the connection to the people is wonderful. It's uplifting. And it has its own set of priority. But when I'm home and dealing with the humanity of that and the personal relationship there are times that I actually, I confess, I struggle with understanding that. And so it causes me to want to serve more, to have that conduit. 
And it's not just singing. Sometimes I just want to be around the place that is set aside for worship, if that's cleaning, if that's whatever it takes. I may see somebody and be connected to them. So for me, service begins and ends with just feeling like I feel closer to the Lord when I do those things. It is, it's, it's, it's probably not 100%, that would be hyperbole, but it certainly is dominated relationally for me. It's, I'm not trying to check a box. I'm not trying to prove anything. Uh, and I used to, I'm saying I definitely used to be checking boxes. Yeah. Uh, but now I just feel like. Relationally is what you said. I just like being around. Yeah. Yeah. And checking boxes in a relationship, we know how that works out. We yeah. try, or I do. Let me say, not say we. <laughs> uh, I know how that works out if I'm just going through the motions right. uh, in anything. And so um, I think. As you were speaking, I think the deep conviction that I see in you know you three around the table here, and, um, uh, for those that don't know, Hayden left, so I'm not excluding anybody. But one of those guys. But that deep conviction it comes out like it's not. You can tell. You can see people and know. Man, they are just. They have that. They're, it's deep in them. They really want to serve the Lord. They really want that. And it's not a check-the-box kind of life. It's not right. not how it should be. We don't live in the kingdom to check boxes. We live in the kingdom for what this is saying, right. for that deep conviction. And and I think in that, with those other things, you know, the Holy Spirit and power and words comes that really just a full, that fullness of life that... Um, man that I want and I want for people not just for myself I so when you're saying that I was I was I read a little bit more I read in the the second chapter and I think even the third chapter but I was thinking about what what you just said right like we see that deep conviction and we want that and we see people walking in that and and a lot of times it's it's because either we again we've modeled it or imitated it one as us as leaders in this church but also our friends and and them leading us and showing us that same thing. Mm-hmm. And I was reading here in, in chapter two, it goes on because I, I, I a little background. I was reading the reading a little bit of background about Paul and he, he actually only he calls himself Apostle Paul in all the other letters besides like four. And first and second Thessalonians are two of the four. And uh he has such a love for this this congregation that he's uh, helped birth and he's calling, he's talking about them as he's like their mother. He's like their father. He calls them brothers and sisters, like seriously, like 18 times in these four chapters. But he, in uh, verse seven, uh, going, sorry, going into eight, he says, just like a nursing mother cares for her children. So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you, not only the gospel, but our lives mm-hmm. that I thought that was like, Again, he, he came with what you said, Andy, was he came to with the words, right? But also the Holy Spirit power and deep conviction. He's like, this is what I taught you. I taught you with my life, right? Like with my own deep conviction, yeah. with my own Holy Spirit and power that I have. And so I just, I thought that was, I mean, that really ties into what you guys were saying. That, man, help us, like, Lord, I'm getting goosebumps right now. Like, Lord, help us, like, walk in that as we care and love for either our congregation, wherever we are listening, like help us to walk in that as we share our lives with others. Mm -hmm. Like, man, yeah. 
powerful but not disconnected. Yeah. yeah. Connection. Yeah, not disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we reference our own story, you know, but I remember people that were so powerful in a pulpit but were inaccessible. Yeah. And as such, their gift was inaccessible. And the power was inaccessible, like it had a little rope around it. You know, you couldn't cross in there. It was something to be observed or without something to have fellowship with or without something to actually experience. And it sounds that uh, Paul knocks that down. Yeah. Doesn't even give himself the title that yeah, would apostle, separate right? <laughs> him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the, I mean, clearly the rift between faith and works is something that goes throughout the letters Paul wrote. James comments on it as well, mm-hmm. and Paul captures it right here. Work produced by faith. Mm-hmm. So James would say, I'll show you my faith by my works. By my works, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's like, the work that we do, it comes from a place of faith. Mm-hmm. And I, what I think is awesome here is that this isn't just words. We've said it half a dozen times. It is power. It is conviction. It is something internal. It is Holy Spirit fellowship. And you look at that together, recognizing, am I doing that? I'm invited to do it. They were imitators of him. We can be imitators of him. We can be imitators of the Lord who walked in power, right? Uh, Doing good, Scripture says, and healing and touching and helping. Recognition that we can actually be drawn into that. So a lot of times, just like what I was saying, the the man or woman of God can be on a platform and elevated, literally elevated and distanced from us. Jesus can be the same, right? We act like he's different in some way. And yet he said greater works than these you do because I go away, go away to bring the Holy spirit. The next one labor prompted by love. So it's our work and our labor and our endurance, but really it's kind of like what we say, you know, FedEx, their promises packages on time, but their business is, Logistics, right? So like our, you know, labor and, and work and endurance, that's our thing that we, that's really just the outflow of. Yeah. And if I were to ask somebody the outflow, the outflow of what, and someone listening that has any kind of Bible, Christian, Jesus background at all, we could say work and labor and endurance. What are those prompted by? And someone would go, man, how am I supposed to know that? I didn't read Thessalonians. But you do know it because we say them all. Yeah. Now abideth these. Faith, hope, love. Right. It's out of First Corinthians greatest, 13, yeah. right? The greatest of these is love. So you actually know. I love it when Paul does this kind of stuff, right? Ties these because he's the guy writing. <laughs> so it spills out to the Corinthian church. Mm-hmm. It spills out when you were preaching out of Colossians. You could have been preaching out of Ephesians, right? I mean, it's the same stuff. He's talking about the process of supremacy and surrender and all those things to get you to a place where you live it out as a parent and a spouse, Mm -hmm. right? And he did the same thing in both books. So we know that faith and hope and love are really the things. Right. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Um, And I love how you said that about the whole where the work comes from. Because I've, I've heard a lot of people talk like there's a contention almost between James and Paul. And they're really, <laughs> they're really not saying anything different from one another about work versus um, faith. What it's just, I don't think the work can motivate the faith. I think the faith has to motivate the work. 
and the love has to be there. Uh, I don't think any of us sitting here would say any different. Mm -hmm. If we didn't absolutely love God, if we didn't absolutely love being in service to the people, this is the wrong racket to be in <laughs> because the power is drawn from the strength of that love. Mm -hmm. And it's what allows you to be able to do a little bit more than your human capacity thinks that you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's also what gives you the endurance to keep doing it. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. The, and the hope in that, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I banged the keys every Sunday. <laughs> I did something Sunday, and it was so funny. We were singing and worshiping together, and it was just such a meaningful day. And I went into the day knowing full well I had a nerve that it popped in my thumb. And I coached myself. I said, you're not going to get on there and bang those keys today. And if I get too excited, I start banging the keys. And, <laughs> and the nerve popped again. And I said, man, I love what I do. I love what I do. It really does, Josh. You're right about that. It gives you the endurance that is it's beyond human. It really is. Because of the love, I think the, the term in the King James that has been shared abroad in our hearts, it overwhelms you. Mm -hmm. It makes you preach when you don't feel like preaching. It makes you sing when you don't feel like singing. I feel like I'm getting on a T.D. Jakes rant. Somebody must stop <laughs> It makes you want to shout when you don't feel like shouting. Yeah. It makes you want to run when you don't feel like running. I don't, I don't, I've never even listened to him. I feel like I got it. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I think of uh I think of Jacob with Rachel and Leah and he served fourteen years for the woman he loved. Yeah. And it was but a few days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so natural. Yeah. And when and frankly, I look at these things, I'm like, you know what? If this is tedious to me, then what's going on with my love meter? Yeah. Right? What's yeah. going on with the love thing between me and the Lord? How has that unplugged or how have I gotten off? base with that or how is you know there's something needs a little calibrating yeah and then you're thinking about how much he loves me and then because i know how much he loves me i have that response of love to him and uh, that whole thing where i'm not again not trying to clean myself up and do all the things that are christian i'm trying to love him and love being the motivator for the labor and the work one last thing i i, I thought it was cool when you say, we know brothers, I've been reading this over and over as you guys have been talking, we know brothers loved by God. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's so good, man. Yeah. Loved by God. And chosen. That he has chosen yeah. you. And then I drop down to the end of verse 6, and you welcome the message with joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really. He's chosen us, and we welcome the message with joy. One of the things that I've taken away from Highlands Church and Chris Hodges says this, you know, the little plaque on the sides of the platform. It is a privilege yeah. to do this, and I can't believe I get to do this. I was chosen to to be in, you know, and he's talking about preaching, being on the platform and leading and ministry and stuff, which for sure, but even just being in the body. Yes. And the fellowship of faith and the community of faith and the privilege even as hard as it can be sometimes. And as you know, we have an enemy and it's a fight and there's suffering, you know, right? cup of cup of joy, cup of suffering. That's right. Well, the, oh my that, that I may know him. Yep. Power of his resurrection, fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death, right? Yeah. 
and I am dead with Christ, but Colossians 3, mm -hmm. the life that I live hidden yeah. in God. Right? So all these visuals to recognize, okay, but I'm in his body. Yeah. We're together as a community. Yeah, I would, I would even tie on to that at the, end, at the very end of verse 10. He even says, and, and to wait for his son from heaven. Like who have been who he raised from the dead. Like even think about this, like all of that and this expectation, this eagerness, this again hope, right? It's that just looking ahead hope of like, okay, I, that's why I can. <laughs> like, and it goes on to say who who rescues us. Yeah, who yeah. rescues us, right? And I think in one of my other versions, the rescuer. It, yeah, it even says uh, the deliverer, like the right, the rescuer, the deliverer. I was thinking about that too. I'm like, man, like. That's why we can endure, right? That he is, he is our hope. Man. Yeah. How about you pray? I, I knew I, I looked at your today. face and you were yeah, like, he's going to have me pray. And I was like, all right. Don't have the last comment. <laughs> pray yourself. Don't go TD on us. Oh, okay. I don't even know what that means. But all right. Man, Lord, thank you so much uh, for just being able to be back around this table uh, and being able to talk with these guys and um, share our hearts um, with each other, but with, with everybody who's listening and, and with you, Lord, we thank you for um, the expectation that we can have in you, the hope that we can have in you, the love and, and, all, and the faith, all those things that we can have in you by power that is within us. It is, it is resting inside of us and eagerly waiting, groaning really for you. And so we, we thank you, Lord. Um, may, may each of us who are listening today, who are reading this word, Lord, to, to be stirred, to let, let our lives be rippled out and cared for others and rippled out among people that we just don't even know, that we don't even, uh, we don't even have a space for, but it just starts affecting them. And so, Lord, we, we thank you for it. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the fact that he is raised and that we will be raised and seated with him. And so, Lord, we, we give you this day, this time. In your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. Yeah, good to be together, guys. Thanks mm -hmm. for joining today. Thank you. And thank you all for uh, for being with us today. If if uh, you have been the person that has faithfully read all the chapters in our <laughs> sabbatical, and you're right here at First Thessalonians chapter one, we're glad to join you again. Yeah. And if you're hearing this for the first time, or uh, you haven't been participating in these readings, uh, we've got. Uh, Three and a half months to go. And yeah. I'd love to round out the New Testament with you. So just start reading with us five chapters a week today, First Thessalonians chapter 1. So grateful for the Word of God, grateful for the transcendence of uh, His Word and power and Holy Spirit and conviction. Mm -hmm. right? Amen. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Until next time, take care. Mm -hmm.